how we found out our creepy DM was actually a felon. On a D&D Facebook group, our DM posted that he was looking to start a campaign the group would meet every other week and will take place in the Wild West and must be 21 plus years old. There will be drinking and smoking. We live in a state where recreational marijuana is legal. After the group was formed, he sent us some history and lore of his setting. This setting was to mirror the events and cultures and technologies of the Wild West in America, with 5e races being used to represent real-life and historical cultures. For example, elves and goliaths were Native Americans, minotaurs and orcs were slaves forced to work on railroads, etc. You get the picture, a very racial setting. This could be seen as problematic, and there were POC in the group. This could be seen as offensive, but all this knowledge was known before our first session, so we all joined the group willingly. Session zero, we met at a local game store to create characters and go over backgrounds. After everyone introduced themselves, the DM mentioned he's a veteran DM as well as a fluent German speaker, a professional photographer and a general contractor. Also, he runs a business. What can't this guy do? Additionally, he runs multiple groups every other week. He said he has tons of material and was contracted by Games Workshop to produce an RPG setting in the Wild West and that we were fortunate enough to be his test subjects. The Session Zero group consisted of Fighter, Male, Monk, Male, Cleric, Female, Paladin, Male, Bloodhunter, Male, Druid, Female, with Fighter and Druid being new players. The whole group got along well and a majority are still friends to this day. Before the next session, Monk dropped from the group saying he was going through a divorce and couldn't commit to the group. Then the DM found two new players, Enter Necromancer Male and Rogue Male. Session 1, the group was tasked with gathering information on disappearing citizens in a large city. It was believed that a crime lord was kidnapping people for experiments. Let's call the crime lord JB. The group visited an underground fighting ring where JB was rumored to be. Cleric paid JB's personal champion a visit to try and uncover the additional information on the kidnappings. The champion was aggressively hitting on Cleric, and after Cleric failed a couple charisma saving throws, DM said, you have sex with him. And by the way, he rocks your world. A major red flag. A DM should never take away player agency, and even worse, make them sleep with an NPC. Then the party escaped the fighting ring, knocking out a couple guards on the way and even stuffing one into a bag of holding. Next session, the DM brought in a new player. Enter Barbarian Female, 18 years old. I bring this up because the DM's original post said you must be 21+. plus. Barbarian is a new player and was looking to join a party on the Facebook group. The DM reached out to her and they met over coffee to go over her character. The DM is almost 50 years old and this seemed a little weird. Don't get me wrong, Barbarian was a great addition to the group and an excellent role player. It's just weird to me that the DM went against his own rules to seek out a minor to join the group. Also, in the session, the DM had the party visit a brothel to acquire an elixir that could wipe the memory of the guard we had stuffed in the bag of holding. The DM roleplayed some rather sexual experiences with the group, Barbarian included. He also had NPCs hit on Barbarian. For example, a gnome shopkeeper who was obsessed with her Goliath's size and boobs. He gave her a discount on goods if she would cradle him like a baby close to her breasts. This was her first session ever. Also important to mention again that we had three brand new players to D&D. They often needed help with their characters or reiterations of the rules when it came down to combat. Almost every time we tried helping a player, the DM would lecture, guys quit metagaming, and we'd argue that we're just helping the newbies. DM would still insist, yeah, but it's still metagaming. Oftentimes, we were found helping our players either when the DM was away or busy with another player. A few sessions pass and the group finds the kidnapped individuals in a warehouse. They escape with them through the sewers while being pursued by JB and his men. 
The group was tasked with bringing these kidnapped NPCs to a refugee camp outside of the city. Paladin had to miss a few sessions for personal reasons. Not to worry, the DM still used Paladin's character in the next session. Without Paladin's consent, of course. Next session, JB sent a group of trained mercenaries after the group. The DM had Paladin, players not present, stay back and keep a lookout for the NPC group following them. He had a sending stone to alert the party if he saw anything suspicious. Eventually, the mercenary group captured Paladin. With a gun to Paladin's head, the mercenaries confronted the group of PCs and offered Paladin's life in exchange for the kidnapped NPCs. The party initiated the combat in an attempt to save Paladin. As a reaction, the mercenary leader put an Eldritch Blast-powered bullet in the back of Paladin's head. Paladin was dead. A note about Paladin. Paladin was a beloved character of the group. He was your typical lawful innocent good boy that did everything by the book. He was role-played very well with a hilarious character voice. Paladin will be missed. The PCs barely survived this encounter. They made it to camp and tried to revive Paladin, but Necromancer took Paladin's soul while everyone was asleep. A story for another time. Necromancer deserves his own story. Once Paladin's player returned to the sessions, he was made aware of his character's death and re-rolled a ranger. Also, Bloodhunter's wife joined the party. Enter Bard. The group then wanted to take the Paladin's body to his father, who is a leader of the church. On the way, the party encounters a carnival. A majority of our campaign was spent at this damn carnival. The party checks out the carnival and physically can't escape because of demon magic. The carnival was run by demons and did not let people leave. They used captured people for sacrifices or turned them into carnies slash attractions if they were deemed worthy. Most of the party became charmed by the demons and had to do what the DM said. Funny thing is that Rogue made a comment about taking away player agency when failing charisma saves in a prior session. Now the party is being magically charmed left and right. Druid escapes to tell Paladin's dad about what happened and to get help. Bloodhunter murders a ton of demons escaping from captivity, which was a really cool scene. This leads us to the end of this campaign. Throughout the campaign, Necromancer has been collecting bodies and souls to raise an army of the undead. Necromancer makes a deal with the demons, and the demons give him powers. All of this is happening on the side between DM and Necromancer away from the table, so no one besides DM and Necromancer knows what's going on. Barbarian failed to make some important saving throws and was under the demon's control. Then Necromancer raises an undead army and takes the brainwashed Barbarian to fight the rest of the party PvP. At this point, a majority of the group just wanted everything to end, and additionally Rogue was arguing with the DM more often over very simple rules that the DM was obviously wrong about. For example, DM argued, you can't move an attack on your turn, you have to pick one or the other, to which Rogue argued, you can, it's in the 5e rules, it's a part of the action economy. Final session, Rogue goes down in some PvP, and is making death saves, and asks Barbarian to just kill me, to which DM shouts, this is my game, and I say who lives and who dies. You could cut the tension in the room with a knife. Everything just seemed awkward and out of place. Necromancer died for like the fourth time, and was still probably not dead. Paladin's dad showed up to fight demons, and then the cleric saved everyone with holy light, and teleported them out of the demon carnival. At one point, cleric backs out of the group due to personal reasons, and to be fair, the DM ignored her constantly. She commuted a long way to play in this group and rarely got to play. The session before she left was a five-hour combat session. She only got five minutes of actual gameplay. Then more people started leaving the group. Some had valid excuses. Others just left without saying anything. Apart from the incidents that I mentioned, there were other issues with the DN, many of which were just blatant lies. Examples include... 
Fighter was a brand new player and sometimes his turn would take longer than others because he was trying to figure out what to do, as most new players do. The DM would get irritated and lecture the whole group. Everyone should know their characters by now. There's no excuse to take this long on your turn. And then we'd get yelled at if we tried to help. One session, German Cheers was made by Cleric who spent some time in Germany. The DM had no idea what the word Prost meant, which is just a German cheer for drinking. I don't think the DM spoke German. Next, at Druid's birthday celebration, he offered to take professional pictures of her as a birthday gift. This is kind of creepy if you ask me. Funny to mention Druid looks almost identical to DM's ex-wife. DM is not a licensed professional photographer, nor is he a licensed contractor, nor is he an owner of a business. At least anymore, that is. Turns out DM did own a non-profit that serviced the homeless community. However, DM was arrested with eight felony charges for stealing $349,000 from his non-profit the year earlier. This wasn't known to the group until a player Google searched DM's name. His mugshot was the first thing that popped up along with a TV news segment about him. Also, I highly doubt Games Workshop was working with the DM on a setting that mostly took place in a carnival. Also, Games Workshop wouldn't use 5e as means of playing the setting they have their own game system. The campaign was very not Western. We were in a metropolis or a carnival most of the time. The DM did minimal role-playing so the world never felt immersed, unless it was to hit on our female players. Then DM role-played. Physically picking up Druid to prove some kind of point about weight? Farting. OMG, the farting he would constantly rip in front of people at the table and wouldn't leave to use the restroom. People were constantly ignored or their turns just outright skipped. I get there were like nine people including the DM, and that's a lot to manage. However, the way the DM talked himself up, this seemed like it should be a walk in the park. After leaving the Wild West D&D group, some of the players started a new group and are still playing to this day, and a lot of close friendships were made. A tip to players and DMs everywhere, establish boundaries at session zero. Don't take away the player's freedom. Don't kill your PC players when they're away. Also, if something seems weird, Google search your player or DM if their mugshot immediately pops up. That might not be a good sign. Googling your DM is something I had never considered before, but because of this story, I may just need to start doing that in the future if I'm playing with new people. Please share your insane DM stories in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, All Things D&D. Stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content every Tuesday.